Hi, everyone, and welcome to my new podcast, Be a Voice, Not an Echo. This is episode one, and I thank you so much for sharing this time with me. For many years, I felt like I had no voice. Through various situations, my voice was had no value. I had no worth, so I had nothing to say. But once I found my voice again, and we're going to go over, you know, through various podcasts, I'm going to be sharing with you how I came to find my voice and how I grew past all that. But once I did find my voice, I just felt compelled to have to use it and to help others, to help others find dignity and worth and encouragement and strength. Uh, One of my credos is know your worth, find your voice and own your power. And so, and, and it's hard. Once you do find your voice, then you have to own your power after that because uh, it's, your voice is very shaky and it's very weak. So, um, like I said, you know, we're going we're gonna to go over these things. We're going to tackle some of these things in uh, future podcasts. But today I'd like to get into one of the questions that was sent to me, which uh, relates to, uh, to finding your voice. A woman wrote in to me and she said that she struggles with self-esteem and self-love. She says, how do I see myself as God sees me? She sees herself as too fat, too ugly. It's a critical voice, okay? Uh, She says, even though she tells herself that she's beautiful, it doesn't seem to help. So what I would recommend is that um, you start at the beginning, the foundations with God. Uh, This woman is a Christian, and so... Uh, let's let's look at one of the scriptures uh, that can be a good foundation for her. It's Psalm 149, verse 4. The word says, for he enjoys his faithful loves. I'm reading from the uh, Passion Translation, by the way. For he enjoys his faithful loves. He adorns the humble with beauty, and he loves to give them the victory. His godly loves triumph in the glory of God, and their joyful praises will rise even while others sleep. Okay, so in verse four, it says he enjoys his faithful loves. We are his loves. He adores us. Okay, we have to get that into our our minds, that he adores us. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about us uh, at the end of the day in our heart of hearts. When we start from a place of inside knowing that God, the God who made everything, the God of the universe adores us, He sent his son to die for us because he adored us so much. And he, it wasn't about getting us into heaven. It was about getting heaven back into us and having us have that relationship with the father. So that's the starting ground. The starting ground is knowing the one that created you loves you. What we do is, you know, as children, we're growing up and the ones that created us in the natural and those around us, they're the ones that put into us uh, our view of ourselves, our self-concept. You know, they speak to us and, and whether they're telling us you're fat, you're ugly, uh, you'll never become anything, you're, you're not worth anything. Um, you know, when they tell us these things, they get on the inside of us. We're, we're like blank tape recorders when we come into this world. And uh, all this stuff comes at us and we're these little beings looking up and we're absorbing that. And inside of our own uh, self-concept come the words, oh, I must be this, I must be fat, I must be ugly, I must be worthless. That becomes our inner voice. So when you contrast that 
with what God is trying to do is he's trying to get a, a new voice into you. He's trying to get a new self-concept into you, one that is not built by human words, but is built by the way that he has created you. If we're created in his image, he is not too fat, too ugly, too worthless. So we're created in his image. Let's get to know the real image of who we are on the inside of us. And if you had a great childhood, which God bless, that's wonderful, uh, and you felt empowered and maybe, you know, through life circumstances, something beat you down and made you feel worthless. The same principle applies, that we need to get to learn who we are, how God sees us, and what he has called us to do. When I had no voice, when I had no self-worth, one of the things that I did was that I did a study uh, I titled God's Thoughts Toward Me, and I learned all the things that he thought about me, that I was the apple of his eye, his thoughts toward me outnumbered the sand, and, you know, I I took all of those things, and I just meditated on them, and I just chewed them and went over them, and I read them every day. And then I took them to God and I said, God, this is what you said about me, but I don't feel it. Please breathe life to these words. And uh, it took time, but it, it, it actually started to happen. And then I felt like the Lord showed me to start saying them as if I believed them. So that's what I did. I said, all right, God, you know, I don't believe these, but I'm going to say them by faith. And I started declaring those things. God, you said that I'm special. You said that I'm the apple of your eye. You said that that you delight in me. And I kept saying them and declaring them. And the spirit of God started to breathe life into my soul where those words stopped becoming just words and they started becoming feelings. And I believe that that's what God intends for us. We start by faith saying these things but when we bring them to God and we fellowship with God and we spend that time with him then he is able to bring life to it if you recall in the scriptures it says uh where Jesus said to people the spirit of God showed you that man didn't tell you that so you know all throughout the scriptures it there are declarations where you know Jesus or someone is saying that the spirit revealed that to you so that's where we have to go we have to get from the place of of knowing the word to the spirit breathing life and revealing that to us and that's when you get your aha moment where it really sinks in and it really starts to mean something to you and you start to feel it and you start to live it and you start to become it to bring a little science into this uh, when I was in coaching school, we learned Prochaska's model of change. Okay, so there's like five stages of change. Preconscious is the first one. And, and second is contemplation. Third is preparation. Fourth is action. And fifth is maintenance. So what that means is preconscious means that you didn't have any idea that this was wrong. Someone, you know, had to speak it to you. The second one is contemplation. You sit with it. You meditate on it. You think about it. Then the third one, you start preparing. How am I going to change? What am I going to do with this? And the fourth one is you start to take action on that. And then once you start, you have that flowing, then there's maintenance. You keep it going. And at times you will relapse, which is the sixth one, but you go right back to the steps again. So how does that apply here? It applies here because the Lord makes us aware of the thoughts that we keep and the feelings that we keep that are not healthy. So when he makes us aware of it, then we start 
meditating or contemplating on the healthy thoughts. What does he say? We, how should we think? You know, in the word it also says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, and so on. Think on these things, okay? So we are supposed to think the thoughts of the Lord, not the thoughts, the echoes, so to speak, that have been given to us in the world or from other people. So that's the contemplation process. I'm sorry, that's the preparation process where we are preparing the word that we are going to uh, feed on. And then the action place is where we start, we bring that to God and we start making those declarations of who we are. And as we get that going and we start to feel it and we start to believe it, then we keep going. We maintain that. That becomes the new standard or the new position, the new stance that we take in our lives. And if we fall off from that, if we have a relapse, then we get right back up and we start all over again the process. So the word of God is even confirmed in science, which is pretty cool. And um, we just keep doing that. And that's how we start to change. Okay, it's, it's so much more than just quoting the word. It's really letting the word get into us, letting the word renew our mind. Our brains are wired this way. Do you know that our brains are wired to, uh, with neuroplasticity so that we can actually change? We have, we, it's not set in stone. If we start to change our thinking, our brains will change. And then our brains will send out the proper chemicals so that we start to feel the difference. And we stop feeling the old, negative, bad, feelings uh, because of the thoughts that we were keeping and now we start to feel the good positive healthy uh, life-giving life-sustaining feelings that God had wanted for us in the beginning there's no one shop one-stop shop here so uh, it's going to take some work you know and it will be hard sometimes but it's going to be worth it um, you know you do some work with the Lord and he blesses you for it we sow what we sow we will reap so I'm gonna make available to you a list of over 20 declarations for anyone that who, who would like them. They'll be on my website, or you can uh, email me at Regina Stafford at rewardscoaching.com, and I can also get that out to you. Uh, I worked on that, and it's pretty cool. And you can take those declarations before the Lord and ask Him to breathe life into them. So for today, I thank you for connecting with me. Please share this podcast if it was helpful to you with others and uh, invite them to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram or at my website at rewardscoaching.com. And remember, walk in the truth and be a voice, not an echo. God bless. Mm-hmm.